Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio. Now, this show is designed to give you all the details on specific careers, particularly what it takes to succeed, as well as the hidden pros and cons of these positions. Now, today, I want to be a physician assistant, and we're going to speak with John McGinnity, the president of the American Academy of Physician Assistants. John, thanks for coming on LJN Radio. Good morning, Tim. Happy to be here. Well, I guess the first question that most people have when it comes to any career or position that a lot of our listeners want to know is simply, what attracted you to this industry? I wouldn't think I'm much different from the average PA out there. And I think PAs in general want to help patients, want to take care of patients. And I think that's what has attracted a lot of us to the industry and keeps us in the industry with such high satisfaction rates. So was this something you had a feeling you might always want to do? Was there something that spurred this on? What was kind of the the thinking and the pathway for you? I actually started out in sports medicine as an athletic trainer and had done that for multiple years with different teams and and different positions and was kind of looking for something new and different and a little more challenging and came across the idea of becoming a PA and haven't looked back since. It's been 20 phenomenal years since then. So how did that transition work and you getting into that specific field? Is it just a matter of networking, people you spoke with? Break that, break that down a little bit for us. Yeah. Well, the physician assistant profession was really founded on Navy's corpsmen coming out of Vietnam back in the late 1960s. Hmm. And since that time, the majority of PAs back you know, when I was looking to do it had eight to 10 years of healthcare experience or different backgrounds. So you see PAs there really is no one perfect model. Some are nurses, some are paramedics, some Mm -hmm. are athletic trainers like myself. And you have a set of core classes that you have to take prior to becoming a PA. These days, it's a master's degree. So everybody would have a bachelor's degree, complete that coursework, and then enter into what we would call an intensive medical program. So PAs kind of come from all walks of life. Oh, that's interesting. I think a lot of people would probably be a little surprised to hear that they probably see this one specific path. And we'll get into some details as far as education and other areas as well. We always ask this question and we know there really isn't a typical day for any job or career, but can you give us a little bit of an idea of what a a normal day might be like or what a common day would be like in your field? What I usually tell people is the same expectations you have for a physician, I would expect you to have those for a PA as well. Okay. You name a medical specialty out there from neurosurgery to cardiothoracic surgery to family practice to emergency medicine, PAs are in all of those medical specialties. Mm -hmm. They're licensed to prescribe and treat patients in all 50 states. The same expectations you would have for physicians you should have as a PA. It's just that we work in a team-based model. We have been kind of doing the team-based care that has just kind of come with the new changes in healthcare. Everybody's kind of talking team. PAs have been doing that for a long time, working Mm -hmm. with physicians to improve access and improve outcomes. So could you fill us in just a little bit on maybe some of the specific tasks or duties that would be involved? I think people might have a misconception of what exactly a PA does or would be doing, just to give us a little bit more of that specific detail. Let me give you an example. I'm a program director here at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. We have 50 PA students that go through our curriculum, which is a 24-month program. The average is about 26 months. These students spend a complete year with basically only a couple weeks off during that time period, mm-hmm. in which they'll be in classes from 8 to 5 most, most commonly, 8 to 3, 8 to 5, learning medicine, clinical medicine, pathophysiology 
patient evaluation, learning to do those exams. And then they spend over 2,000 hours after that year out in hospitals, rotating, working side by side with physicians and medical training. So they'll rotate through emergency medicine, pediatrics, surgery, you know, a variety of medical specialties. Right. When you come out, you pass your board exam, which we take every 10 years. We retake our boards to prove our competencies. Hmm. PAs, literally, you will see them in every medical specialty out there. So what skills would you point to then? And again, obviously, you were just speaking about the students that are learning certain things, but what is going to be essential if you want to be successful as a physician assistant? The ability to multitask. Mm-hmm. For us, it's truly about understanding the patient, what norms are. As a PA, you may not know everything that there is to know in medicine, but you know what is normal quite well. And so having that ability to evaluate a patient, see what's going on, work through the process of ordering tests and getting that patient treated appropriately is a key core value. Being mm-hmm. a communicator being able to work with other practitioners in the team to solve that problem is really a core asset of the PA profession. I always smirk a little bit because communication comes up in every single industry we talk about. And of course, you know, at the radio side and the media, I always, uh, I always find that a little bit amusing. But obviously, as you said, working with these individuals uh, is extremely important. You talk about the team as well. Kind of with that, what kind of personality fits well? I mean, I guess you could argue that all walks of life and, and different personalities can fit in here, but would you be looking for someone in particular, a particular type of personality that really fits the mold? Most definitely. When we're looking for folks to enter the PA profession, we want somebody who can maybe work full time, take a full load of courses. You need someone who can handle the intensive rigor. Mm. So as I explain PA school to folks, I say, go down to your local fire department, ask to borrow a fire hose, stick it in your mouth and have them turn on the water. (laughs) It's not that you don't like water. You just don't like it at that rate. And that to me is what PA school is. I need someone who can assimilate that because the student's going to come to me and say, well, do I need to know this? My answer Mm. is, well, can a patient come in with it? And so it's not like you can know less. You have to be the expert at finding solutions. And if you can't, to go to those resources that can. Right. That's an interesting illustration, but uh, it definitely makes sense. And uh, obviously a funny visual as well. With a career like this and for yourself, I'm speaking from personal experience, what do you absolutely love about this field, this position? To me, the core value is about improving patient outcomes and improving access. If we're going to solve healthcare in America, we need to handle the maldistribution of medicine. We need Americans to be able to have access to care. And I think what's most exciting is to see now others recognizing PAs. You have Forbes magazine that just came out and ranked PAs as the number one promising career Hmm. of 2015. It's been the number one ranked master's degree for many, you know, two, three, four years running now. The National Governors Association came out and said, hey, we should look at our state laws to remove barriers to improve practice because this is a sophisticated, flexible workforce that can address our needs. So I think you're really seeing a lot of folks realizing what PAs bring to the table. And I think it's an exciting time. And I think we can you know, cut costs and improve access by utilizing PAs and teaming together. You alluded to this a little bit, I think. Um, Of course, we'd like to give our listeners a well-rounded view. There are things that are great about every job. And of course, there are also going to be things that are challenging or that you may dislike. What would you point to for those listening? Uh, And again, you may have already alluded to it, talking about the, the rate at which things are coming in for people. But what would you point to as being those challenging aspects of a career like this? 
I think any health professional will realize that, you know, if you're supposed to get off Friday at five o'clock and you have a patient come in, comes in and needs your services, you're not going to say, oh, geez, sorry, got to go. Sure. I think one of the attributes is as a medical professional, there's certain responsibilities that you have. As PAs, you know, everybody has seen more patients having to do more with less. But for us, we can make that work by kind of working with the physician, with the nurses, with the medical assistant, and kind of making that process a little bit smoother. So I see it as a challenge, but it's one I'm optimistic about. Switching gears a little bit into the educational side, uh, of course, you touched on that briefly earlier here in the conversation, but what are we looking at in terms of specific types of degrees um, or maybe additional degrees that would be ideal or necessary when you're looking to be successful, especially coming right out of school? Most of our applicants will have some sort of health background. Right. Almost every PA program will require you to have some healthcare experience. But the actual degree you get as an undergrad before moving into PA is not, you know, there's a lot of diversity there. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's more about the individual having that basic core knowledge and then letting us kind of build on it. And then with the internship or field work, probably uh, would be more uh, accurately described there. Uh, could you break it down for us there once again? So most programs are about 26 months on average. Okay. So the first half of that will be in the classroom, you know, sitting for six, eight hours a day, kind of getting drilled with different medical facts. Mm -hmm. That second year, you are out rotating in different medical specialties, in different hospitals, treating patients, evaluating patients, and, you know, working on their outcomes. So that whole second year is very similar to physician training. We do the same medical specialty rotations, obviously just shorter in length. Then you graduate, get hired into a specialty, and, you know, it's just like any other trade. The first time a carpenter cuts a board, he's not the greatest. But if you do a few thousand, you get better at it. Hmm. And medicine is the same way. So a new grad PA may not have the same skill set as a 20-year-old veteran in the field. But with time, that partnership between you and your physician may change dramatically in who does what and how the, the operation works. And like you said, of course, the re repetitive nature of doing those things is going to improve someone. Are there any other extracurricular type activities, volunteer work that you would suggest people to do to maybe help with that process and just improve their overall skill set and experience? Yeah, I, I think you'll, you see it within our profession. One of our core values as a medical professional, I not only have responsibility to the patient, but I think you have some responsibility to the community as well. So one of the core values we're looking for is those folks that do engage in volunteer activities that maybe work some health cares or work in homeless centers. We want somebody with the, the core value of kind of giving back because, you know, I see it as a responsibility as a medical professional to do those things. Take us then into the process of actually trying to apply for a job and, of course, acquire work somewhere. What type of things would you tell the job seekers out there that they need to know going into that whole process? If you look at the Forbes data that they just put out, I think they just put out that there were over 45,000 jobs currently for PAs out there. Okay. In the history of our PA program here at Wayne State that started in 1996, we have never held a job fair for our graduates. Hmm. By data, nationally, our graduates, over 50% have three or more job offers. Wow. So the, the job market for PAs is very, very strong and continues to be because we're cost-effective and we improve access. So for us, it's more about 
getting that training. Right now, the average PA program has 10 applicants for every seat in a PA program. It is incredibly competitive. And I kind of laugh and I tell folks, I'm not so sure I'd take myself to PA school anymore because it has gotten (laughs) that competitive. Sure. Well, no, I think that's great to hear on the one side of the offers that, you know, would be available most likely should you get through the program. Yeah, the competitive side of it, I'm sure people understand that, um, especially over the past, you know, half decade or so, it's been uh, that case in a lot of places. How about if we're looking at the job interview itself, if somebody does have that offer and they're going to go in, any tips or advice for those individuals on what they can expect or what they should be looking to do in those uh, situations? Yeah, I think as a PA, one of the most critical components is working in a team that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, finding a physician that you collaborate very well with, that you can see yourself working in the practice and being a valuable part. So for me, it's, it's really about those interpersonal relationships within the team to kind of make sure that you know where you're going. But the good news is we know that the average PA that's been out 10 years in practice has changed medical specialties at least twice in that time period. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of flexibility. Myself, I spent about my first seven years of my career doing cardiac cath and angioplasty in a cardiac catheterization lab here in Detroit. Then I did outpatient cardiology for about another 10 years. And the last three, I've worked in internal medicine, most recently seeing uh, homebound patients in inner city Detroit that can't get out. So there is an incredible flexibility that is invaluable to the profession. I would imagine that would be quite uh, you know, attractive to a lot of listeners out there as far as, as you said, that flexibility, also the variety that can come about it. Um, I would think that definitely would be a draw for those that are listening. Along those similar lines with talking about you know, acquiring the job, people are, of course, curious about what the compensation is like, and we understand that there are various factors that can play a role there. But can you give us a little bit of a ballpark in terms of what an individual will look at for compensation? I believe the most recent data that came out of Forbes was, you know, showed a, an income of about 114000 if I remember correctly. Okay. But like anything else, it can be all over the map. If you're mm-hmm. working in cardiothoracic surgery or neurosurgery you can, or dermatology, you can be on the high end of that and make, you know, well into six figures and if not over. Uh, I know PAs that make over 200000 mm-hmm. but they work incredibly long hours and are on call and, and have incredible responsibility. But your average PA out there is, is probably making low six figures. Good to know. Again, another attractive part to it, but I do appreciate you bringing up the fact that, hey, it's not like it just comes to you. You definitely earn your keep when it comes to that area. For yourself, and you kind of touched on it as far as the schooling goes, but would you do it all over again if you had the chance? Would you choose the same path? Would you have done anything differently as far as, again, looking at the PA position? Well, I'm I'm smirking because it's something I talk to my students about because, you know, I laugh and say, I'm not so sure I would. (laughs) (laughs) And they look at you with those eyes like, I can't believe you just said that. Right, right. But the schooling is incredibly intense and it's two years of eat, living and sleeping Mm -hmm. to learn medicine. Absolutely. I'd do it again. I love being a PA. If you look at our satisfaction rates amongst PAs, they're double what other health professionals typically are, including physicians. Mm -hmm. So the satisfaction is incredibly high. But would I want to go through that school again? Hmm. (laughs) That's that's another issue. Right. Well, and you you handle all that part of it already. So as you said, get through that aspect of it. And then there is that high satisfaction rate. I think that is the key. Correct. Well, we are uh, getting up against the clock here, but I always like to give our guests the floor at the end. 
If you were in the shoes of the job seeker, what last piece of advice would you give them in terms of looking at a position like this, um, anywhere you want to go with it, something you'd like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I think the big difference is, you know, a lot of us just want to make a difference in our lives. And I think being a PA, you can do that each and every day by improving one patient's outcomes, improving access. So to me, there is no better profession out there. My 20 years doing it, I have zero regrets. And the majority of my peers feel the same way. That is a perfect place to close out this edition. John, thank you for coming on the show, sharing all of your knowledge and insight. We do appreciate it. Jim, thanks for having us. With that, we'll wrap up this edition of I Want to Be A. Again, we've been speaking with John McGinnity, the president of the American Academy of Physician Assistants, and he's really filled us in on some of the details, the pros and some of the cons, but mainly the reason that this type of position has a high satisfaction rate among its workers. If you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe you have some comments or suggestions for this show or any others, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. We encourage you to also go to iTunes to check out all of our podcasts. You can find us in the iTunes store. Just search LJN Radio. For everyone here, I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.